Good evening from Plunkett Studios in Largo, Florida. I'm Scott. I'm Avram. And we are here with episode 562 of F5 Live Refreshing Technology for Sunday, May 24th, 2020. This show is a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. This week, cops can't see your screen, Facebook can sell your products, and Netflix cancels inactive subscriptions. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on uh, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat, our live stream platforms, livestream.com, Mixer, Twitch, Periscope, YouTube, or Facebook, uh, through a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or a myriad of other options on the radio or on our website, ployketslive.com. Thank you for making us a part of your day. There are three ways that you can do that. The first is you can join us Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern by going to f5live.tv slash join us. There you can chat with us uh, in the studio. Give us your feedback on the topics as we talk about them. Avram and I always like to hear what you have to say. If you can't join us live, that is okay. You're uh, able to listen online or uh, on the radio if you're in the New York area on 88.1 WMLD radio. Uh, or you can always, uh, vi- uh, oh, that's uh, Tuesday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern. I should probably tell you when it's on, huh? Uh, and then, of course, you can always uh, go to pluckitslive.com slash subscribe and see all of the ways that you can watch and listen to our shows. Hey, Abram. How are you doing this week? Oh, all right. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a long week, uh, and more, more to come. But uh, you know, we, uh, well, you know, lots of lots of testing to do, um, and you know, we. Um, I got to tell you right now, just as a aside to our audience, I think this this actually could be the topic for my segment, but I'm not going to bore everyone with all the details. But I am super frustrated right now with the Google with Google's App Store. Um, they I got uh, as some folks who know me know I I develop I do some Chrome extensions. Uh, I program some Chrome extensions and I program a bunch of them for just for people at my job to use for things that we only we do at work. And unfortunately, like a lot of things in this world, Google's uh, web store for Chrome extensions is a walled garden. You, you can't really distribute um, stuff without it to people without it. And um, uh, consequently, it used to be no problem. Like I would, I would I would update my Chrome extension. I would upload it again to the the Chrome web store, I would set it as unlisted or private unlisted. So no one could, could find it. No strange people could find it. Not that there was anything bad happen if they did, but they had no use for it. Um, and, um, and, and all was good things would usually update within like 15 minutes, like about a month ago, Google just start change started to get all up in everybody's business. Mm -hmm. And now every time I upload an update, it's they they give me a nasty message saying like you have are asking for no matter what how much I change change it to fit oh you don't have enough screenshots but I'm not even that want anybody to, to to see it so I put <laughs> a whole bunch of screenshots oh it doesn't have a detailed enough description so we're rejecting it okay I'm gonna go write a whole bunch of fancy description so that people at Google can read it because the people who already 
because it's not for random strangers. Right. And that everybody who's downloading it knows exactly what it is and, and why. But that wasn't enough. Now they're rejecting updates on extensions that I have used successfully and with no problem for four years, minor updates to them, because they claim that it is a suspicious extension that asks for too many permissions. Um, and in order to, and so I spent hours going through trying to see if I could get rid of some of the permissions. And for the folks who don't know what that is, a permission is, oh, it has the ability to do something on this particular website. Well, of course, all the websites from my company, I made it get perm asked permissions for. So that's too much for it. So, you know, at this point, I can't update my Chrome extension. At least they didn't kick out the prior version right. that has bugs in it that I can't fix. Um, so, and every time I re-upload it, they, they make me wait three days to find out that they rejected it. Oh, like no. they literally spend like 72 hours and I thought, okay, maybe what I need to do, and this is really unfortunate because this is, makes it a real pain is set it to private. Now private means that you have a set list of beta testers and you have to put in each person's email address. So if someone at my job gets it and they want to forward it to someone else at my job, they can't because I would have to manually put their email address in. But I tried that. Guess what? They also want to review it, even though it's set to private beta. And so it's in a 72-hour hold for private use only. Folks, this is like if you sent – let me put this in a, in a non-tech context for you. This is like you – let's say – Let's say you had a bunch of coworkers, and you like, and you knew that, you, and you you were a crafty person, and you created a whole bunch of paper notebooks to send them that had like the line rules and whatever to make them do their job easier on paper. And for years, you were sending out these paper notebooks to fifty or a hundred of your coworkers, and they loved them; they were very happy. Then one day, after four years of no incidents, you send out a new version, and the mailman starts opening the envelopes says I don't like your notebooks. I think that they're I think that they're bad and then refuses to deliver them anymore. Like it's a Google, it's none of your business, right? Like I'm making a private thing for private people, so maybe you shouldn't try to protect this from ourselves. And B, like why was it fine for four, for 4 years and now you're doing this? So it's 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 I'm very uh, so that was a good chunk of my week and still is, and I'm very frustrated. And it's so, so for, for the people who are listening, uh, right. It, the Chrome extension process is, is a little different than everything else. Like with, with Android or iOS or windows, there are, there, there's things like, uh, app center, that that allow you to to bypass Microsoft, Apple, Google, um, and and be able to install beta versions or private versions, private installations. But the Chrome extension store, uh, Chrome disabled third-party extension installations. Uh, 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 Chromium-based Edge hasn't, uh, for obvious reasons, because. They want to be able to enable the Chrome extension <laughs> store, um, but but yeah, this is this is an ob obnoxious aspect of of Chrome that 
until the middle of 2018, you could do this third party. And now the Chrome browser doesn't even allow you to install them third party anymore. But, you know, here's the thing. It was fine up until like uh-huh. two months ago, up to like a month ago, because when you did upload something, it it almost always went through. And particularly if it was an update to an existing extension. So mm-hmm. it's like you've had this for four years. I mean, it's like one change, one line of code. Now I upload it. Now you're giving me a warning that it's bad for security and you have to have someone review it. And then they take three days and then they reject it. Right. Like, yep. It, it's 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 ludicrous, and I think the reason that this kind of stuff happens is negative publicity. So people find bad stuff, at legit bad stuff, yeah. in like the Chrome extension store, malware, spam, all that stuff. Sure. And then all of a, and then Google hears about it, and this I think happens in Microsoft and others. I'm not just blaming Google; it's just Google is what I'm having a personally having a problem with right now. They they get all this negative attention. Oh, your app store has crap in it. Do something, crack down. So all these crackdowns, what they're leading to is things that people are privately using that yeah. are not putting in front of the public, that is not a danger to anyone, they are now butting their nose into yep. and 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 rejecting. Yep. And and since it's a completely walled garden, you have to play by their rules. They they always do that, like especially with Google, right? Because they they always start on the on the very hands off approach side of things, and right. then something happens. They get bad publicity, and they don't they don't pivot fifteen degrees. <laughs> they pivot one hundred and eighty degrees. <laughs> they go the extreme other side of the spectrum. They're like, oh well, you know, a complete hands off approach didn't work, so uh, we're gonna go complete hands on. I mean, it was this. I had a similar experience, and I'll just leave it at this. I had a similar experience a couple of years ago with Microsoft Store, mm-hmm. Microsoft's Windows Store for for Windows apps. Mm-hmm. I was creating a a battery test that we're going to use in our company to test uh, laptop batteries, and I ha- wanted, and it was a, it had to be a Windows Store app because we wanted to run it on laptops that came with Windows 10s. For folks who don't know, Windows 10s will only run applications in the Microsoft Store. You cannot download a program from anywhere and run it on windows 10s right so i created a battery test it could it had to hit use a server that was located physically at our office so if you're not on our office network it wouldn't work right so so i put i put it up i you can you can mark these things as private or unlisted and uh and there's a section in the submission that says note for testers and you put in the note for testers. I said this only works in our office. Yeah. It's not going for, for public consumption. But what? But so I upload it. Like It takes like 24 hours and it gets into the store. I think, oh, good, I'm good. 24 hours later, I get a note from them saying, we tried this on our computer and it crashed. So uh-huh. we're kicking it out. Yeah, it crashed. It, it, it crashed because it, it, well, you weren't on our office network. <laughs> I told you it would. I mean, so... So the pro- the problem is that that they just like yeah. in the olden days you just used to be able to send people a program and mm-hmm. they could install it but now you have these walled gardens yeah. and you're not allowed to distribute software to people even if they're the only ones who are going to use it without it being treated like it's going to be on the home page and every every and a million people are going to be exposed to it it's a really poor use of their resources too, because 
now they're they're paying i assume humans uh at some level because it shouldn't take three days for a machine uh to to look at all these submissions and, re- and and accept or reject them when they're not even meant for people to uh-huh. be looking at i know and and in fairness there are ways around it but there shouldn't have to be i think is your point yeah, I mean, look, I mean, there's a lot of things that cost money that are around it that I don't have a budget to do. Like you can, I think you could set up a private domain and stuff and I may actually have to do that. Uh, but like the one for my job, that would mean that only people who have corporate email addresses could use the tools, even though we have a bunch of freelance contractors mm-hmm. who use them now and don't have a corporate address. So like, that's the kind of limitation that you get. Well, let, let's you and I talk on this offline because yeah. other than the chrome store um i can help you on this. <laughs> well that's the one that, that matters right now i know but anyway i just thought in frustration i would enlighten our audience because this is actually a topic that people might be interested to know behind the scenes what it's like when you're getting your chrome extension yeah for sure it's it's absolutely it can be absolutely obnoxious especially when you're doing something that's off from their expectations which this is that's, that's yeah. this is not their expectation, and so they get confused and make it difficult for you. So, as the the life the life of a developer. Uh, yeah. But with that, let's get down to some news. This week's Nifty Gifties and F5 Live is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store, ironically. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, uh, whether you're looking for a new laptop, a tablet, VR headsets, uh, and a whole lot more, you can get it from the Microsoft Store. And that includes non-Microsoft things. Sure, you can get an Xbox One, S, or X, but you can also get things like uh, the Samsung Galaxy S20. You can get... Um, you know, uh, like I said, VR and AR headsets and a lot more. And if you're an active student or uh, in the military, you can get a discount on almost everything in the store. And to find out about all of that, you can go to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. So um, we have talked a lot uh, over the years about... um, the legality of phone search and seizure, uh, especially when out in the field, um, when when fingerprint and face ID started coming to uh, to phones, to iPhones, and Android devices, and things like that, uh, there was a lot of constitutional law conversation. Uh, interestingly, uh, the conversation started with a professor here uh, in Tampa at the University of South Florida and uh, blossomed from there. Uh, and, and the conversation was, um, is forcing somebody to put in a pin onto a device requires proprietary information to change hands. That is protected by the Fourth Amendment. But uh, during a traffic stop, forcing you to walk in a straight line uh, is not proprietary information and it can be requested without a warrant. Um, So the question was, is the act of putting your finger on a thing or holding a phone up in front of your face um, considered uh, to be more on the side of walking in a straight line 
or giving proprietary information. There was a lot of battle over it, and um, there was a court decision that uh, left us with it being protected. Um, the, the police required um, a warrant to be able to force you to unlock with fingerprint or face your device. But we all know that there's information that's available without unlocking, right? Um, possibly uh, text messages, you know, notifications, emails, texts, missed calls, voicemails, things like that can all show up outside the lock screen, depending on your phone settings, um, and can be seen without any interaction from you. So that left a new legal interesting loophole um, that managed to make its way to court. Uh, and a court ruling in a regional court in Seattle ruled that uh, looking at any data on your phone, including pressing the, the cop, pressing the power button and looking at your lock screen is protected by the Fourth Amendment. Now, it's important to note that it's a regional court, which means that it does not, its ruling does not necessarily create a, um, a national precedent, but it does stand for lower courts, which is important because theoretically you wouldn't be able to get to an even court if a lower court is going to use it as precedent. And even if you did, um, uh, an attorney can point to this and say, there is. There is a precedent. Uh, so this is good news for, for privacy, um, especially in a time when, as we've talked about for the last year or so, uh, law enforcement has been pressing for an increase on their side. Uh, this is, this is a, a, a needle push in our direction, which I think is a good thing, Abram. Uh oh, uh, there we go. You know, it's. Um, I mean, yes, I think that is good. Uh, I guess the question is, if it is something that you could do with your face, could they like while you're standing there getting your mug shot, try to hold the phone up like this real quick? No, real quick. Nope. No, they can't. No, nope, because the evidence is inadmissible in court because they did not have a warrant to uh, to do it. So, so it's not like it's. They don't need a warrant to make you do something. They need a warrant to actually to actually do it. Right. Yeah. For for the action to be uh, legally valid. So, sure. Can they take your phone and hold it up to your face and unlock it? Yes. I and, mean, you could. You and know. it's gonna be it's gonna be an obvious mistrial right off the bat. You're getting away with whatever it was that you were arrested for. There's. You're you're done. What, that's what if your phone isn't what if your phone doesn't lock isn't locked. See, that's where this one comes in. Uh, no information, including stuff that is not behind the lock screen, uh, can be used without a warrant. I see. So, so it's not the it's not the lock. It's the fact that you know, right? Which makes sense because like it, the police cannot. Let's say your let's say your home front door is unlocked. Mm -hmm. Right in your house. I don't think your the police can just open, turn it and go inside just because there wasn't a lock on it and Correct. say that's fine. Unless unless they hear a gunshot or a scream from inside and they're in right. the in the, the the line of a rescue. Uh, right. Probable cause. 
uh, now, right. now probable cause creates its own weird things. Uh, and in a traffic stop, it's the same kind of thing, right? Uh, they can, they can't ask you to open your trunk until there's a noise, <laughs> right? Or, or they see, um, uh, uh, a weapon that you haven't disclosed as part of the stop or something like that. N- now all of a sudden they have probable cause and everything's out the window. Uh, but that apparently is still not going to apply in this case as it does not apply um, to to uh, unlocking the phone. It apparently also uh, shouldn't apply here. So probable cause isn't going to get you into a phone. Uh, so I, I think this is a... Uh, a big thing for for privacy, although it is not national precedent yet. Um, at some point, regional or federal courts will have to weigh in on it as as appeals make it that far. Um, but uh, for for now, uh, a regional court is is good enough. It's a it's a push in the right direction, though. You know, if you if you talk about the difference in regional courts, we literally had to change our. Uh, our patent suit laws in the U S because of the differences between regions. So, uh, so not nationally binding yet. Uh, but I think it's a, I think it's a good step. Yep. This week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is proudly powered by PureVPN. When you're browsing online, you want to uh, to protect your your anonymity, whether it be from Facebook and Google or from your ISP. Uh, and the best way to do that is with a VPN like PureVPN. Uh, it allows you to obfuscate your online uh, activity and it allows you to report that you're somewhere else. So if you're out of the country and uh, it's it's been a year, right? And you're... <laughs> The series finale of your favorite show uh, is is happening uh, back in the U.S. You can still watch your your Hulu or wherever you happen to have it, which is which is great. And of course, we've got some uh, some deals right now. If you sign up for two years, you get it for three thirty three a month, uh, and there is a thirty one day uh, money back guarantee. So if you try it out and you're like, you know what, this just isn't for me, they'll give you your money back. But uh, I I use it myself and can tell you that it is a great product. To find out more about it, you can go to pilchpoint.live slash purevpn. All right, Avram. So uh, we got some, uh, got some processor news, right? Yes. So uh, Intel uh, just came out with their new Comet Lake S CPUs. Uh, which are their latest desktop processors. And we uh, had, at Tom's Hardware, had the opportunity to uh, thoroughly test and review the top-of-the-line Core uh, i9-10900K CPU. Uh, They also have uh, other CPUs that we will be publishing reviews of, including a Core i7, a Core i5, and a Core i3. Uh, But... uh, Let's talk a bit about the Core i9-10900K. Uh, so this processor now is selling for $530 or so. Uh, it is, and it is the fastest gaming processor ever made. If you are going to play a game, 
uh, this definitely will help boost your will help boost your frame rates. Now, take a step back. Most people are better off spending the money, extra money on a um, on a better graphics card than spending more for the CPU because the graphics card has a lot more to do with performance than the CPU does. And when you get above a certain level of resolution and performance, most of the difference between one computer and another is the graphics card. So you might be better off, you're probably almost certainly better off if, if you're you know, limiting your budget to get a lower, uh, to either get an AMD processor that may have more cores and threads uh, and be cheaper or a Core i7 processor. So we're not saying this is the best processor for people. It just happens to be synthetically does definitely gets a little bit faster results when all things being equal um, uh, on gaming. Now, uh, the Core i9-10900K uh, is interesting because, or maybe not as interesting as it could be because it is yet another Intel CPU generation that is 14 nano, that is made up with a 14 nanometer process. Now let's take a step back for those who aren't familiar with what process nodes are because it is very confusing, I think, even to people who talk about them. Proce the process node is a, a number of nanometers, and nanometers so small none of us can, can really see it. Um, the, I think it's the, the theoretical distance between the transistors. And if you can ha and if you have less nanometers in your process, that means that you're, that means that you can fit more transistors in a tighter space uh, and you can have generate less heat uh, and less heat uh, and less power consumption because you're, because you're able to, I guess, pack things closer together. Um, now, Intel has now. To be fair, uh, nobody is actually taking out. I don't know what type of microscope you would need, and a, what type of really tiny ruler you would need, and measuring the nanometers of chips. Uh, but we know that uh, AMD has been since last year using a seven nanometer process. Mm -hmm. Intel has been on fourteen nanometers for five, six years now, something like that. Uh, they've been on it for many years. And while they have ten now have ten nanometer processors in in a few laptops, they have their uh, problems with getting down to, uh, a lower nanometers to what we call a die shrink have been uh, legendary. I mean, they have a lot of issues. So now we're still on 14 nanometers where uh, where Intel is where where AMD is on seven and uh, you know some of the graphics vendors are going lower and so are you know ARM processors like Qualcomm. Uh, so you know it's not good that they're basically rewarming. The same, the same processor node with a lot of the same stuff, and so how do they get it to be faster? Because they want to keep coming out with new processors. They want pe to give people a reason to buy new stuff, and you know the industry really needs Intel to come out with new processors. If we're to be honest, because companies don't come out with new computers as often if they don't have new processors to sell in them. Mm -hmm. Like it, it becomes an occasion for companies to say, "Oh, now I'm going to start." 
now I'm going to come out with it. Now, these are desktop processors we're talking about here in Comet Lake, Comet Lake S. But, um, you know, they a lot of time when it's laptop processors, you just won't see a lot of laptop refreshes until they know that Intel is coming out with new stuff. And it, and I think this is true also to an extent of new, uh, new desktops, uh, you know, obviously new motherboards. So, you know, the whole industry kind of moves along with Intel and to some extent with AMD, but Intel is still controls a lot more market share. So, you know, uh, the tech industry needs Intel to come out with new stuff and they keep coming out with it, but it has to be, but because they've had so many problems getting past 14 nanometers, they have to find incremental ways to turn up the performance. And those incremental ways are adding more CPU cores. Mm -hmm. So, so now the core i9, uh, 10900K has 10 cores Whereas last year's model, the 9900K had um, had eight cores, uh, and by turning up the clock speed, now, so now this one out of the box, uh, I believe runs at 4.9 gigahertz on all cores, uh, and can boost up to under the right cooling conditions. You really have to have a fancy cooler for this, but without overclocking at all can boost up to 5.3 gigahertz, which makes, which is incredibly fast. And P and the news was out this week that an overclocker already was able to get, uh, the core I nine, 10, 900 K up to 7.7 gigahertz, which is, which is great. But when I say that an overclocker was able to do that, I mean, somebody who was doing it for competition, not for actually using it like Mm -hmm. that, because, uh, you know, you might be able to get it up, you know, a few hundred megahertz at, you know, if you're going to use it all the time, uh, like that, you know, at that speed. But when we talk about somebody boosting the clock speed on something by like two to 2.5 gigahertz like that, they're using, they have a big, um, they're using liquid nitrogen. And so you're not going to, and you have to repour the liquid nitrogen on it every few seconds Mm -hmm. and you don't keep it like that. So, Really, that's so that you can see that you did it competitively and win a competition, but you're not gonna you you're not gonna leave your computer you can't leave your computer running like that. So, uh, so really, uh, you know, 5.3 gigahertz uh, out of the out of the box is is excellent, and I think uh, I think the best that by far the best you can get, but uh, the best you know processor you can buy, but. Uh, the expense of that is they had to turn up the power consumption significantly, which generates a lot more heat and uses a lot more electricity. And uh, and so you're talking about now uh, in where the last generation, the 9900K on a task might be using, you know, 160 watts. This might be using 200 or 210 watts. Uh, we're talk. Uh, you're talking that you're going to need a ri- ridiculously expensive and good cooler for it to be able to really to get to that 5.3 gigahertz. Uh, and that's, you know, not overclocked just for the, for it to know, okay, I can stay cool enough because in order to, to get there, it has to be under, I think 70 degrees Celsius, which is, you know, not, uh, you know, well, that's hot for you to touch, but, uh, you know, for a processor is not necessarily that super hot. So, uh, you know, it's, um, so this is a hot, 
power drinking uh, power drinking CPU, and you get the benefit of that in in better performance. But you know you're going to need fantastic cooling that's going to cost you some money, uh, and you know I, I don't know how many people are really worried about their electric bill, uh, but you know it's certainly going to use a bit more power. I mean. I'm always a little skeptical of these things where people are so concerned about the power. Uh, I mean, you should be concerned because you have to supply it with your power supply and because you've got to cool it. But as far as like, you know, you're, I mean, the, I mean, I'm not saying electricity should just be wasted, but I mean, the difference between like 160 watt CPU and a 200 watt CPU, I don't know if that's going to be a material difference over, over the course of a year in your electric bill. You have so much other stuff using electricity, mm-hmm. both in, inside your PC and in your computer setup, like your monitor and in your house, and like you know that you know a few a few hundred uh, you know a few watts uh, here and there probably isn't going to make a significant bump in your electric bill, but you know it is going to mean that you need a bigger power supply and, and better cooling, and that your motherboard is going to have to be able going to have to have VRMs, voltage regulation modules that are really good to handle this. So, you know, that that all adds up. And do we know what the uh, the going price on this guy is? Yeah, I, I said for $530. Okay. I, uh, sorry, I missed that. So Newegg has it right now for $529. Okay. Um, so, and that's, that's actually a good deal compared to what the old one was. Because the old one was about five. The prior model, the 9900K, was about, I think, was just under 500. So, uh, so not bad. And remember, you're getting more cores, uh, more cores and more threads. You're getting uh, you're getting 20 threads also. So that means, mm-hmm. uh, you know, now I mean, it has an official TDP thermal design of 125, but that thing can boost way, 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 way up. So, you know, it's. Uh, it is, you know, it is a big time power drinker. But on the other hand, if you want performance, you gotta, you know, it's going to take it's going to take some electricity to get there. Uh, AMD's uh, top of the line Ryzen right now, the Ryzen 9 3900X is about uh, is about five hundred bucks, and that uh, uses a, has a hundred and five watt TDP. So, uh, and it has more threads and cores, twelve cores, twenty four threads. That that's you know for for multitasking for doing things like video editing and things like that the cores and threads are more important uh, are more important but uh, so you know AMD definitely wins and recently we did a face off between AMD and Intel and in most cases AMD is the much is a much better value right now but you know uh, if you're throwing money and power consumption to the wind like the Core i9 10900K will give you the best performance on gaming and the best performance on things that don't use a ton of threads. Mm-hmm. Once you get to that point of, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm doing Photoshop, I'm doing, you know, video editing, creative editing, 3d modeling, whatever things that actually use a lot of cores and threads. Uh, even your web browser uses some different core threads. So, mm-hmm. you know, you definitely benefit from having more cores and threads like AMD gives you. For sure. And, uh, although with, uh, with the weird spike in in uh, component prices right now, uh, it does sound like this might be 
um, a, a surprisingly affordable processor uh, comparatively because over the last 10 days we've seen a, a pretty sharp spike in, uh, in component prices um, with uh, some of the AMD processors being 700 plus right now. So that's... Yeah, but that's yeah, that, but that's today. Who knows? <laughs> In another ten days, what it'll look like. But you know, with our weird, our weird environment right now, we never know what to expect from minute to minute. So, speak speaking of power consumption, I just want to mention something I'm working on that I think is going to be kind of fun. So, so it's not to say that I'm against looking into power consumption. Uh, I recently got sent. I'm getting. I'm starting to get sent a whole bunch of little tiny, um, little tiny power adapters, right? Mm-hmm. And I was trying to figure out how am I going to test them uh, to make sure that they're actually delivering the amount of wattage that that we want. And I got in the mail this uh, this thing here, which is a load tester. Uh, which is going to allow me to actually make sure that, you know, whatever, uh, you know, if something is 65 watts, I'd make it draw 65 watts um, to see that it actually is getting what it's supposed to. So, you know, I understand people wanting to make sure that, you know, they're not wasting power. Sure. Is that the, uh, is that the product we were looking at Uh, or or a product like what we were looking at? I think I think so. I think awesome. that's the one we were. I think that's the one we were looking at. I got I got a work to order for me came in, so I'm eager to play with it. But I'm still waiting to get all my uh, all my little power adapters to play with. And I'm guessing the power adapters you're getting are all the uh, the the Gan Tech yes ones. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. So like <laughs> here I have one right over here. Wait. I can show people real quick. Uh, so like this thing here uh, for, from Aki. Uh, this is a 65 watt uh, thing to charge your laptop, right? Crazy. And and it's super small. And they're sending me one that's actually smaller than this. That's supposed to be 61 watts, uh, which honestly is plenty for most laptops. Yeah. So, you know. But I think if you want to, you know, actually make sure that it is 65 watts, mm-hmm. and, or the other ones that other companies are sending me, uh, you know, that's where doing proper power testing comes in. Well, that's. That's super cool because we, I, I interviewed uh, the the guy who designed the GAN chips at CES this year. Uh, really? Yeah, he was he was on our live show. Uh, so so I'm super excited. He and I have talked back and forth. Um, obviously, he's heavily involved in the product uh, design process as well, uh, so that you know people can implement the thing that their the company built. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, 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 it's I'd like to talk super, to him. Okay. I'll make it happen. Yeah. I'll make an yeah, intro. Yeah. Cool. Uh, but yeah, uh, that was a, that was a super fun conversation. We don't usually get to go that far into the weeds, uh, during, during the live show. Cause we don't usually have component people on. So it was real fun to real get down into the technical details and talk about the weirdness that, that makes it possible. So. I, I have a, a vested interest in hearing how these things come out. <laughs> well, Avram, as always, uh, I always I always love hearing about the stuff that uh, that you're working on, and I cannot wait to see how uh, how this comes out. And uh, thanks for letting us know about the Intel stuff. And 
Can't wait to find out what we talk about next. This week's Extra Life on F5 Live is proudly powered by Razer. All the accessories you need to up your game on both PC and console are available from Razer. Whether you're looking for a great keyboard and mouse like we use here in the studio, you're looking for um, uh, a gaming headset or uh, a full system like the Razer Blade Pro 17, Razer has got it all. Uh, and they've got uh, some, some great deals running right now and of course, They've also got their uh, refurbished offerings where you can save a ton of money on their products. And to find out about all of that, you can go to f5live.tv slash razor. Now we've talked about Epic and Fortnite and Epic's interesting uh, new approach to, um, to the industry. And uh, one of the ways that we have seen that um, during the, the, the lockdown has been in the expansion of what Fortnite is. Uh, obviously, we all know Fortnite as, as the, uh, the household name game, right? That, uh, that it's, a, it's a battle royale, but there's other modes to it as well that are not just just the thing that people think of when they see the name or hear the words. Um, and one of those modes, which is new, um, they call Party Royale. It's not new, but it's certainly new in the grand scheme of the game. Um, and that basically uses the game engine, both graphically and, and environmentally, um, to create uh, more of a hangout environment versus a shoot 'em up environment. And... Um, if, if you've been a long-time PlayStation user, you might remember PlayStation Home and the uh, bizarre failure that that was. Um, Party Royale is kind of like PlayStation Home. It doesn't really have a purpose, um, and you can do things in it that aren't particularly video game related. Um, we have seen uh, Disney premiere... Uh, uh, Star Wars uh, preview content. We have seen, just in the last couple of weeks, we've seen uh, concerts take place in, uh, in this virtual community. Um, right now, uh, a couple of days ago, they started running, and this is what brought the topic up, but it's gotten more interesting since then. Um, uh, news came to me, uh, care of uh, Tom's Guide. <laughs> Or laptop mag. It was one or the other. Anyway, um, right now they are showing um, a, a preview, the the trailer for. Oh no, a movie. Which one? Tenet. Um, and they're they're running the the trailer in game, uh, and in an interview with um, with. Uh, somebody at Epic, they said the next thing coming is um, they're going to screen an entire Christopher Nolan movie. <laughs> they didn't say which one, uh, but they're going to screen an entire Christopher Nolan movie in the game 
in party royale mode. So Epic has definitely taken an interesting approach here, right? Like adjusting it from just being a video game to kind of being a community, a digital community center. You can't hang out with people in real life. So uh, we'll create, well, essentially PlayStation Home. Can you shoot your friends in Party Royale mode? Not in Party Royale mode. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm showing my complete ignorance of Fortnite that I don't know in which mode you can shoot your friends. Um, All of them but this one. (laughs) See, I have, I don't know, I have like, we have not... Uh, introduced my son to it and i i personally have not really spent any time playing fortnite because i know it's supposed to be for kids and there actually are kids his age he's eight uh who and younger who play it but i'm always like are you really teaching them the right values to teach them to shoot their friends um uh, you know or strangers or or, or, or or actually getting into the, it with strangers is actually what concerned me more than than shooting at friends um the uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind if they were in a closed environment and he shot his friends, I guess. But, um, you know, it's uh, so well, the difference between this and uh, PlayStation Home is that this has an existing audience. There are people already using it. So they're just bringing new functions to where the people already are. True. And and, and in fairness, Sony thought that that was going to be the they, they thought that by preloading it on the PS3. <laughs> that they would be taking advantage of an existing consumer base and boy were they wrong but this requires you to already be part of a community and then engage in said community which is a different thing because ps because psn is not xbox live and neither of them are the the weird strong community that is uh fortnite right yes so you know um yeah i mean I don't know. It it doesn't seem exciting to me to sit and watch a concert on or 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 a trail, especially watch a trailer for. I mean, whatever. I mean, what are you going to do there in the community? You're going to turn to your friends in the community and be like, yeah, the good trailer. I mean, <laughs> in fairness, but- in fairness with the trailer, I believe the trailer exists uh, also in the um, right. in the game lobby oh. for the battle royale mode so there's you've got this time where you're waiting for a hundred people to be in the in the thing before the game starts and you kind of just mess around it's it's the thing i think that expanded into party royale mode to be fair is the the game lobby um so you can watch it there too i think so i i also am not i only know as much as i do because i have an ex that was into fortnite (laughs) (laughs) The the other thing is you can watch this trailer on YouTube. Uh So like you don't need to be, there's nothing exclusive about it. Um, So I don't know. I mean, in these times, you know, where we used to say, where I used to say, Oh, people should go outside or go, go and see other people in person. Well, now you can't. So I get, I get it that you want to experience things with people in person. I mean, and online together at the same time. But uh, I, I don't know if, like, you know, look, I'm sure it works because there are people there. And so it's working for True. Uh, this film studio to get their trailer in front of people. Uh, you'll notice if you've watched the trailer, which I have, that they they 
no longer as of this uh, trailer tell you the date it's coming out. So even though they haven't officially changed the date from July 17th yet for Tenet, um, they don't put it in the trailer. Okay. That's interesting. Because I think they know there's that they might still cancel it and they don't want the trailer to become yeah out of date or whatever. Fair enough. Um, and uh, although they won't admit it yet, but uh, and, and by the way, you know, just a quick aside that is kind of relevant to to folks. Tenet is going to be a benchmark of whether movie theaters reopen or not. Right. Like uh-huh. if I was reading an article about this this week that all the other movie studios are waiting to see what happens with Tenet. If it, you know, are is uh, I don't know, I forget what studio is behind Tenet, but if the the studio behind Tenet pulls it, then like uh, I think what is it Warner Brothers who's behind Wonder Woman is gonna, is probably going to pull Wonder Woman, which is supposed to come out like three weeks later. If Tenet comes out and people go see it then Wonder Woman will probably come out, and so will a whole bunch of other things. If Tenet does not come out, it's, uh, you know, the movies might as well not be open for a while. So uh, it, it, the whether Tenet come out, comes out or not on July 17th has, uh, has a lot, is either the cause or the result of, maybe more the result of what is going to be going on in, the world and the United States at that time in terms of, uh, you know, COVID-19 and, and, uh, things being closed. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it'll be, it'll, it'll definitely be interesting. I even, I even noted that, you know, the likelihood of a, of yeah. a change is pretty high. Um, because, well, we never know. So, uh, anyway, uh, if you're if you're interested in seeing this thing in action, uh, it the party royale is free. In addition to the battle royale, um, so you can check it out for free basically anywhere because I think the game is available anywhere, basically. So uh, definitely worth definitely worth checking out if you're interested. This week's news from the tubes on F5 Live is proudly powered by Rift Tracks. Make fun of movies or let these guys do it for you. Mike Nelson, Bill Corbett, and Kevin Murphy, the former stars of Mystery Science Theater 3000, are back and doing what they do best, creating commentaries for Hollywood blockbusters and B-movie oddities like, uh, let's go with Floats. I don't know what that is, but it looks scary. Um... The way it works is for a couple of bucks, you download the MP3, play it along with your DVD, Netflix, Amazon, wherever the movie happens to exist, and laugh. Uh, from they also do short films, um, uh, industry inside, you know, industry films and educational films, uh, and uh, make them watchable. And you can find out about all the short films and the feature films that are available by going to f5live.tv/rifttracks with an X. All right, so. I know uh, Google has been getting a lot of a lot of heat recently with antitrust and all kinds of things, but there's another company that seems to want to create almost as if they're trying to recreate the portals of the '90s 
wants to create a one-stop shop for everything, and that is Facebook. Uh, whether you're looking to find um, a date or a used video game, you can probably do it on Facebook. And um, one of the one of the places that they've kind of maybe neglected, um, if if you want them to be in charge of everything, has been um, regular product sales. Yes, on the marketplace, you can go list a one-off or whatever, but if you're actually trying to maintain inventory and do proper sales and things like that, maybe you're a small business, maybe you're an artist with an Etsy store or something like that, maybe you're doing drop shipping uh, and you've got a, a website on Shopify or something like that, you know, there's been no great way to integrate your products onto Facebook so people can can shop. Until now, there's a new feature called Facebook Shops, um, which for for the audience that has interacted with anything publishing from Facebook, we talked last week about Google AMP, and we mentioned uh, the Facebook Instant Articles. Um, this is going to be similar in concept to that, in that uh, if you've already got a Shopify website or a, a WooCommerce, uh, there were a couple others, um, you can integrate it directly into your page and people can browse and create, create their cart, make their purchases, uh, basically all without leaving the Facebook platform, um, but all while retaining your branding um, and making the purchases through you, which is interesting in the same way that we mentioned last week that Google AMP is interesting or the Facebook Instant Articles is interesting in a kind of a sticky, weird way. Because I, I don't know, I don't know what I think about this, Avram. Yeah. Oh well. I. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's. I, I mean, look. It, it. It's another area where Facebook wants to obviously get in on get a piece of the action, uh, because just like we were talking about with Fortnite being where the people are facebook is where a lot of people are whether whether we are whether we're happy about it or not uh whether i'm not as so happy with myself about it but i do spend a fair amount of time on facebook and i know a lot of people who do and and that is where you know i keep up with a lot of people that i know and they keep up with me including relatives things like that so uh, you know people uh, facebook knows this that people are, are around, they want to, to get in on it uh, because it is such a, a, you know, a popular uh, platform. Uh, they're going, you know, I can, I can completely see why stores would want to be involved. So, I mean, it seems, it seems like, uh, I mean, it seems like uh, a good move for Facebook. And I, I'm waiting to see whether this is a bad move for consumers, but uh, you know, it doesn't sound like it could be. It's any worse than anything else. Maybe it gives Amazon uh, some some needed competition. Yeah, yeah, um, and you know, you've got 
you've got Amazon, right? That that offers the ability to sell certain types of things, but you kind of have to be a certain size, and you know, there's there are some weird things behind getting on Amazon. Then there's eBay, that is its own kind of special weird, right? <laughs> and then uh, you've got um, Etsy, which also has its own kind of weird. And if you can, fascinating, uh, if you can take all of that, right, and pull it, pull it together uh, in a place where people already are, then, you know, maybe there's, maybe there's some room for that. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I don't see why not. Also, I mean, I I actually don't think you need to be that large to be on Amazon, (laughs) Based on yeah. what they uh, what they have, also folks should note that <laughs> a lot of a lot of this is good to know as a consumer in case you haven't or in case people haven't already noticed. But a lot of the other stores that are around besides Amazon also work on a third party model a lot. Mm-hmm. So Newegg, a lot of the stuff on Newegg is sold and shipped by not Newegg. Uh, Walmart, a lot of the stuff on Walmart is sold and shipped not by Walmart. Uh, you know, so, um, well, jet.com, I think that's like the whole thing. Uh, but well, you know, jet.com's gone. So, oh, they, oh, good. I haven't been there in a while. Uh, they they made the announcement this week. Jet, jet is, uh, is, is no more. Oh, well, let me just say this. They deserve it. Terrible place. (laughs) Uh, they, I had a horrible experience with them with a third-party seller. So this is exactly what you don't want to have happen when you're using Facebook stores or Amazon stores or right. anything. Is what happened to me with Jet. The I I went to this this let this be an abject lesson. Facebook, if you're listening, don't do don't let this happen. Um, Jet. Uh, so I went to buy something on a few years ago. Went to buy an external uh, a portable air uh, portable air conditioner. Right. Uh, and these things were expensive everywhere. It was 500 bucks. And I'm like, that's a lot of money to air condition one room, but we have a hard time putting things in and out of the window. So whatever. So I look around and the air conditioner I wanted was 500 bucks everywhere, except on jet where it was 400 bucks. I was like, well, this site, this jet site is fairly new. Maybe they're, you know, trying to be really price competitive. I'm going to order from there. So I go and I order from there. Uh, I ordered, it was like an LG air, uh, air conditioner. Okay, of a particular model. A few, like a week later, I get something that was completely not an air conditioner at all. It was like, it was called a swamp cooler. It was like a dehumidifier. It was not even remotely the correct, uh, the, the correct product. It wasn't even an air conditioner, right? And it's, this thing weighed a ton. And they just left it in a package that was opened, so it wasn't completely closed, on my doorstep. Uh, and... Uh, and so I contacted Jet, and first of all, uh, try, rather than trying to make it right, like I went through a whole rigmarole to get them to take it back. You know, I mean, they agreed to take it back, but I didn't have a, they wouldn't send me a package to put it in, even though the package had arrived, like at a hole in the bottom. Uh, and, and I think we had to actually take it in the car and take it somewhere to send it back. This thing that weighed a ton. Uh, and they, and they did not, and, 
it turned out that it was a listing, an incorrect or misleading listing from a third-party vendor, mm-hmm. but they refused to take it down. They left the misleading, uh, the misleading thing up. They treated me like, oh yeah, you. Oh, I'm sorry, you didn't want that. No, you shipped me the wrong thing. Uh-huh. You're falsely advertising the wrong product and sending people the wrong product. So, so they didn't discipline the the company that that sent me the wrong thing or try to get me sent the right one, uh, and they left the listing there. Uh, and then, that. and then a year later. So I, I vowed to, I got my money back and I vowed to never use Jet again because they shouldn't allow, and they completely disclaimed responsibility. They were really not nice about it. They're mm-hmm. like, well, that's not our fault that this, this vendor is sending you the wrong stuff and put up a false listing, right? Like, I don't think Amazon would do that. I think they would say, like, sorry, and now we're going to make sure that this false listing comes down and we try to make it right in some way. Yeah. The, 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 uh, at least if you're going to have third-party sellers, take responsibility for yeah. them. Uh, and, and and there's so there is going to be a verification process, not a not a huge one, but there is going to be a verification process. You do have to be a registered corporation. Uh, you have to have a valid TIN, um, and you have to attach a valid business banking account. It can't be a consumer banking account. It has to be a business banking account. So there there's going to be a little bit of validation. I mean, it's not great, but. It's better than nothing. It's better than going to randomwebsite.com and seeing, you know, clothes that you like and and want to get and uh, going uh, no, because uh, I don't know if this is, you know, a, a Labrador. I... Right. <laughs> so I mean, who's going to handle the payment? A fair question. Um, I don't have a whole. I don't have all the details on it, but it sounds like. Um, it sounds like. If you if you process it on Facebook, if the purchases are made on Facebook, Facebook will. If if the purchases are made obviously on your website, you are what you are. So. Yeah. So I mean, that might also be a trust factor too, because mm-hmm. like I honestly I don't feel great about giving out my payment information or or my you know address or other. Well, I guess address they had to ship it to you. They have to have that, but you know I don't feel great about giving out my payment information to to weird third party websites, right. but. A large company like Facebook is handling the transaction. It definitely would inspire more confidence. Yeah, and and you're you know you have a relationship with with the bank, and the bank is going to buy for sure. Whoever your bank is, it doesn't matter. For sure, has a relationship with Facebook because you know they're a big enough payment processor already before this that there's already a relationship there. So if there's false charges or whatever, your bank can get involved, and that's always a better situation. Uh, to be able to have that that relationship and have you know customer support be able to contact Facebook directly as opposed to you know abcswimwear.com or whatever stupid you know drop ship or yeah. thing that you've yeah. you found yourself on so you know there's yeah. there's a lot more uh, a lot more trust for a small brand uh, in this situation. So I think there's a lot of benefits here. I'm, it's still Facebook so there's still going to be uh, some issues uh, with consumer confidence because it is still Facebook. Um, but the feature is also coming to Instagram and uh, uh, for whatever reason, people <laughs> seem more comfortable with Instagram than Facebook, even though it's the same company. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll see that feature. Um, we'll probably start seeing this roll out on a grand scale um, uh, pretty soon. 
This week's DRM Not Included on F5 Live is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. In addition to your free shipping, you also get some cool things such as uh, uh, free music through Amazon Prime Music, free TV, movies, and documentaries through Amazon Prime Video. Uh, you get free video games through Twitch Prime, plus you get the ability to financially support the Twitch streamer of your uh, of your choosing uh, with Twitch Prime. You can use it to subscribe to us or somebody else uh, and, and help them continue to create their content. There's that and a whole lot more available. We've got quick links to make it easy to find some of these new features, uh, as well as if you're not already a subscriber, we have a 30-day free trial, and that's all available at f5live.tv slash Prime. So on the other side of things, we have Netflix, uh, who this week has announced that they are taking a different tact from the rest of the recurring revenue business model, um, and they will be um, terminating accounts that have become inactive. So rather than taking your money and providing no value... Um, Netflix will uh, automatically terminate your account um, if you have not signed in for an extended period of time. Right now, that extended period of time is 12 months. Um, they have said that it is less than uh, a half a percent of all um, paid accounts are, are dormant like this. Um, and they want to make sure that people aren't paying for something that they are not getting. Uh, so... So they will first send out an email letting you know that you have been paying for Netflix and have not used it in at least 12 months and ask if you are interested in uh, staying a subscriber. If you decide to sign into your account and uh, maintain it, obviously your account will no longer be dormant. But if you decide that you want to manually terminate it or uh, let it uh, time out at the end of your billing cycle, uh, Netflix will go ahead and close it for you. Uh, I know, you know, some people maybe lost access to their account, uh, and created a new one and not, don't know that they're still paying for it. I mean, enough people are paying for subscriptions that they don't use that. Oh, sorry. My camera just got super dark. I apologize for anybody who's watching. Um, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the, there are services that will go look at your look at your stuff and tell you, hey, uh, you're paying for Hulu and we don't think you know. Um, so, I mean, it's a common enough problem. And it's nice that Netflix is going to be proactive on this. Yeah, I, I think I think that's great. I mean, I've had services that I signed up for that were like annual and mm -hmm. like, hey, wait a second. You built me. I didn't even realize so that you were going to build me. That's uh, I mean, that's uh, I I wish that it ought to be a law, <laughs> you know, it ought to be a law. Like if you have like, and Netflix is probably the least of your problems. I mean, it adds up like $10 a month or, you know, depending which plan you're on, definitely adds up. Don't get me wrong, but man, they should do this with gym memberships. <laughs> right. If you haven't been to the, but it should be less than 12 months. You know, my favorite part was, uh, was I remember I used to be signed up for a gym and I, I couldn't go, go anymore, whatever. And then I call them to to cancel it. They're like, "Oh, we need two months' notice, so we're going to bill you for the next two months." <laughs> like, I haven't been there. What's your notice? What are you taking away? 
I didn't have a permanent locker there that they had to clean or something. <laughs> it was like, no, we just want to keep getting paid yeah. for not providing a service. I am so, retroactively informing you for the 18 months that I have not been coming that I'm not coming. Cancel yeah. my subscription. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, yeah. Um, so the, uh, anyway, the, the, there's so much stuff like this. I think this is a really nice move on Netflix part uh, to do. I'd like to see it happen with more services, mm -hmm. but the incentive for companies to continue to have zombie subscribers yeah. is very high. Like, isn't that their best customer, right? Like that they, they use no they, bandwidth. Exactly. They get they get paid and they don't have to provide a service. Yeah, that's that's your best that's your best customer, right? Like pay money for nothing. Uh, so, I mean, it's very nice of them to do. I wonder what prompted this kind of generosity. Uh, I mean, maybe they were getting a lot of arguments from people and chargebacks and things like that. Could where. Be. To the point where they're like, well, you know what? Uh, it's too, we're getting into too much of a customer service problem. And after all, how many people are really like, how many people are really letting it go for 12 months or more and not canceling it? I have to say, less, than, many, less than a half a percent of all their subscribers. So a very small number. I have to say, one time many years ago, I was like, you know, trying to save money for a while, and there was nothing on Netflix I wanted to watch, so I suspended my account, mm -hmm. and and I thought I suspended it, and then I came back to unsuspend it like a few months later. I was like, no, you never suspended this. You you've been paying, paying for the last five months. Ah. So, so I don't know if that was a technical glitch on their end, or or I did something wrong. I I can't say. I don't know, but sure. Uh, but yeah, like I think they should. Uh, Imagine if it had been that way for over a year. So, like, uh, so yeah, I, I there ought to there ought to be a law for what Netflix is doing, but it also uh, really, um, you know, really is probably good on their part too because they're probably dealing with some ridiculous customer service yeah. problems with people getting really angry that they're being billed for stuff and didn't realize it. So, and, and it makes them look good. Yeah, taking this proactive stance is going to make them look good. There's. No doubt about that. Yep. So, uh, you know, I, I, this is sort of the, the payment equivalent of, isn't there a thing that it eventually, if you haven't touched your remote in a while, it says, are you still watching? Uh-huh. Oh, that's so funny. Yes. This is like the payment equivalent of that. Right. <laughs> the, the, are you still watching? <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. yeah. This is. This is the the credit card equivalent of uh, the "Are you still watching?" button, which yep. which oh my god, I wish. What device stopped doing it? Some device stopped doing it, and it's killing me. Oh, uh, the Windows app uh, and the website stopped doing the "Are you still watching?" dialogue. I had to move a PlayStation into my bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting how you get used to things that at one point annoyed you and you're like, I know how to take advantage of that thing that annoys me. Yeah. And then they take it away. Anyway, uh, this is, this is a good move. I would like to see more, like you said, I'd like to see more companies follow, uh, follow suit on this because, uh, it's good for, I mean, yes, it might affect your bottom line a little bit. A half a percent of subscribers is a very small percentage. Um, and you know, but it makes you look good. So, uh, hopefully we'll see some more of this.
Well, that is our show. Uh, thank you to those of you who joined us live. I know we had some people uh, who were uh, messaging me who were watching. We always appreciate it. We love our live viewers. If you did, if you did not watch live or uh, and would like to in the future, uh, Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern at f5live.tv slash join us. Uh, you can watch the show, chat with us, uh, give us feedback on the show. We always appreciate it. Um, this is our second and now final episode uh, using our our uh, product review uh, product over here, the Stream Live HD, because it uh, goes back tomorrow, uh, and we'll have a product review on that up soon. Uh, I talked a little bit about some of the the oddities of it last week, and uh, if you were watching live, you may have encountered another one of those oddities tonight as I was trying to uh, debug something during the show. Um, but anyway, so we will be back to our normal uh, setup next week. Um, on June 6th, uh, we will be uh, working with um, the Drew Project. We will be doing an event um, uh, on Facebook uh, and probably Twitch and Mixer through our through our stuff as well as through the Drew Project. It's just going to be a we got a DJ. We're going to have a, a, an EDM kind of party since we're not able to do our regular uh, um, uh, fundraiser this year. We're going to we're going to do this and try and do some other things as well. So if you want to try uh, check that out, the Drew Project on Facebook will be your best place to do that. And with that, on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Avery. And we will see you guys back next time. Ciao.